Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. We are in a very uh, interesting week in uh, religious, if we could look at religious history. This past Sunday in the religious world, it is known as Palm, it was known as Palm Sunday. And this is the week where we observe the cruel the cruelty of the death of Christ. Sunday, we will celebrate the resurrection of Christ. What he went through, the pain, the agony, the suffering that he went through. And as I read today, there was something that just would not leave my spirit, and that was before the betrayal of Judas we find located in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. Then Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went, everybody say a little farther, and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Continue reading. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, For their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on, take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. If I could title this 
message tonight, I would simply title it this. Removing the quit option. Removing the quit option. I thought about the story that I just read today, tonight. And I could not help but to think and to reflect, no way putting myself and no way we could ever put ourselves in the shoes of Jesus. But through his prayers, Jesus was praying. And if I could paraphrase, Lord, if it be possible to remove this cup, or if it be possible to to quit, let it be. However, he he would go on to say, but not as my will would want it. Not as what my flesh would want, but thy will be done. Everybody say, thy will. Jesus had to pray a prayer three times. Three times he prayed this prayer. Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass. If it be possible, take me from this situation. If it be possible, remove me from what I'm about to go through. But then he would say those those infamous words, not my will, but thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. I began to think and reflect back that something that I heard many, many, many years ago. And it was this, never allow yourself to make permanent decisions based on temporary circumstances. Have you ever felt like giving up? Have you ever felt like throwing in the towel? What's the, what, what's the use? Uh, maybe you've grown tired of the battles and the struggles. Uh, maybe you had a thought even this week, I thought living for God would be a life of a, a, a rose garden or rainbows and picturesque, but you've suffered continued disappointments that have caused your hope to fade. I understand. I've, I've lived a few of those days uh, uh, my li- in my life. But what is more important is the fact that the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ, understands exactly where we are even tonight. He knows exactly what we're feeling. He knows exactly what we're facing. Matter of fact, don't forget, he was tempted to take shortcuts. He was tempted to not fulfill his, what he was designed and born to do was to redeem mankind. He had the opportunity. Matter of fact, even in his last waking moments and in his, in his last breath, He could have called legions of angels down to rescue him from a rugged cross. But it was still the prayers that he prayed in a garden of Gethsemane that held him to a cross. When he said, not my will, but thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. What Jesus did in the garden was he eliminated the quit option. He eliminated the quit option. He fasted and prayed in a wilderness for 40 days. He went in full of the Holy Ghost. 
but came out in the power of the Holy Ghost. I mean, remember, his earthly ministry started that way. I believe something even happened while he was in that wilderness experience that, that he, he dealt with the option of quitting. The carpenter could have remained a carpenter, but he said, you know what? I wasn't designed to just be a carpenter. I was designed, I was born to be the savior of the world. I'm removing the quit option. Hallelujah. He prayed in that garden right before his crucifixion. Fighting the emotions. Fighting the, the feelings of, of pain. I believe I can say this without a shadow of a doubt because I've seen it too many times. The number one thing the enemy wants you and I to do is quit. It may be quitting your marriage. It may be quitting your dream. Or it may be even quitting your walk with the Lord. You could decide to quit fighting your flesh, your battle with an addiction, or some other sin and just give in to temptation. When you think about quitting, and I, this is for somebody under the sound of my voice or you're watching online. When you think about quitting, then you begin to talk about quitting. It all starts with a thought. It all starts with a thought that somehow gets in your mind. Maybe it was a circumstance. Maybe it was something you thought God was going to do. A prayer that you thought he was going to answer a certain way. And he didn't answer it the way you thought he was. And so you started thinking about quitting. And now you're talking about quitting. It's amazing when you talk about quitting that you eventually quit. I'm here to tell you that you don't have to quit. I said, you don't have to quit. You can find a place of strengthening in the Lord just like Elijah and all of the other men and women whom God has used for his glory. Matter of fact, Hebrews 10.39 says, We are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. I believe with all of my heart that the enemy would love to pull us back to some old things. He would love to draw us back into an old life. Draw us back away from where God is leading us to. But I believe that in the heart of every believer under the sound of my voice. That we can rise in victory and say. I will believe the report of the Lord. I will believe to the saving of my soul. To the saving of my soul. This is, this is why I, I believe that fasting and prayer must be a regular discipline in every, in every believer's life. We do it in January, but we're not do, we don't do it limited to January. But fasting gives you the opportunity to come away from the bombardments of life and disappointments in order to hear more clearly from the Lord. Maybe that's where we as individuals need to re reevaluate our lives. And maybe when the thought of quitting 
arises in our thought process. Maybe the storms of life are, are coming towards you and maybe you don't have all of the answers. Maybe, maybe some prayers didn't get answered like you thought they would. Uh, but I can tell you from experience, fasting and prayer, fasting and praying changes your perspective on the mind and the will of God. Fasting and prayer changes your mind. It doesn't change God's mind, it changes your mind. Hallelujah. When you fast and pray, it strengthens your mind. It strengthens your heart. It strengthens your spirit. The Bible instructs us to set our minds, set our hearts on things above for a reason. When you're looking at this level, you can get discouraged real easy. When you're looking at this level and you, you can't see, sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. But when you look toward heaven, you lift up your eyes, lift up that gaze to something that's higher than you. You begin to look from a whole different perspective and you understand that God is still in control. Somebody ought to say amen right now. When you and I talk about faith, when we speak in faith, we empower our faith. When we talk doubt, we empower doubt. When you set your mind on things above, you set your mind on the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus never quit. Somebody say he never quit. Hallelujah. I believe there is a story that will minister in this message tonight that I read. I guess it's been seven years ago. I was reminded of it this evening. It was the story about Navy SEAL Marcus Luttrell. In the book, Lone Survivor, I believe that this one story helped shape some things in my spirit over the, over the last several years, and I was freshly reminded of this. The Navy SEALs are among the most elite fighting forces. The acronym SEAL is a reminder that they are faithfully and fully trained to get the job done with stealth and precision. At sea, in the air, or on the land. On May 2nd, 2011, headlines around the world announced the death of Al-Qaeda leader Osama bin Laden. The man responsible for planning the worst terror attack on U.S. soil. He was killed when a U.S. Navy SEAL Team 6 successfully raided his compound in Pakistan. Latrell's team was in Afghanistan in 2005 and involved in what became the deadliest day in the history of the SEALs. In this book, Lone Survival, Latrell recounts the unbelievably strenuous training process that was required to become a SEAL. Latrell is a Texas man with a rugged zest for life from his childhood. He set his goal to become a Navy SEAL by the time he was 12 years old and soon after enrolled himself in the rigorous pre-training provided by Sergeant Shelton, a local hero who served as a Green Beret in the Vietnam War. Shelton told Latrell and others in training, and I quote, I'm going to break you down mentally and physically. 
then I'm going to build you right back up as one fighting unit. So your mind and your body are one. Your mind and body are one. I couldn't help but to think of the many connections there are in this walking and living for God. And how living for God and when you engage in fasting and prayer, it breaks your body down. It breaks your will down. It gets you out of worldly ruts and routines. It breaks you down, but then it builds your strength and your stamina and your desire. And the power of the Holy Ghost ministers to you. I believe it, it, it works. I know it works. I begin to read further in this story, in this account, where Latrell made it through Shelton and the boot camp. And it was shipped off to the Navy Amphibious Base on Coronada Island. There he faced two weeks of indoctrination before he even started basic underwater demolition SEAL training. Surprisingly, the first thing they were taught in INDOC, the indoctrination, was how not to blow up stuff underwater. The first thing that was drilled into their heads was the concept of a swim buddy. In the seals, you never leave a man behind, dead or alive. So the very major, first major instruction you received is you never be more than an arm length away from your swim buddy. No matter where you go, he's your teammate. You never separate for any reason. I couldn't help, Brother Smith, when I heard that. Uh, I wish we as the body of Christ could adapt that saying. I think it would be a good concept to adapt. Uh, that living for God, there ought to be some buddies of war that we're connected to. There ought to be brothers that we're connected to. Sisters that we're connected to. How different the battlefield would be uh, if we had a buddy on the field with us. How different would our battles be? Could it be that we would achieve far more victories if we had that swim buddy? Never alone. I, th I thought about that. I thought about the body of Christ and I thought about this church and the culture we are creating a safe place where come as you are but you will lead different. You will lead different. I want to encourage us as a church. There's somebody sitting next to you or near you every week that the thought of quitting has crossed their mind. But because of you, because of your influence, because of your handshake, because of your hello and I love you and a pat on the back, what it does, it counteracts that thought. And it causes him, I can't quit. I, I, I can't let Brother Jeff down. I can't quit. I can't let Brother Chris down. If I quit, it's going to affect my swim buddy. It's going to affect my worship partner. It's going to affect my prayer partner. I got to stay in here. I got to remove the quit option. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I kept reading this story and I was so captivated by it. Two weeks in what I will call the indoc, indoctrination of the seals. It's in those two weeks, usually, 
the whittling away of man after man takes place. Those who survive begin, buds, a seven-month program where the real rubber meets the road and where, according to Latrell, seal instructions drive men to within an inch of their lives. There's no way that I can detail all of what they endure tonight, but I will just give you a, a few things. After a wake-up call at 4 a.m., they dash ice-cold water, pressurized water jets from showers. Then off to hundreds of push-ups, sit-ups, flutter kicks, in and out of training drills. They were repeatedly told to get wet and sandy, jumping into the cold ocean and then rolling around in the sand. Then continuing whatever grueling exercise they were carrying out. Latrell once counted 450 push-ups before breakfast. The instructor set up scenes of total chaos to break the men down. They were drilled carrying logs overhead while running through water. They carried their boats out to sea and back again and ran four miles in sand in less than 32 minutes. Do you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes several times a day. And that's before breakfast. Just when it seemed like they were getting in condition, the instructors would raise the bar higher, adding more chaos and more grueling training. The instructors sometimes called for room inspection and then ransacked the room so that everyone failed the inspection. Latrell would watch. Latrell would write. The instructors watched man after man, D-O-R, which stands for drop, on request, and leave the program. He said they were only interested in the others, the ones who did not crack or quit, the ones who would rather die than quit, the ones with no quit in them remained. There was a procedure for quitting. When you've had enough, when you had come to believe that you truly could take no more, you could exercise your quit option by walking to the office, laying down your helmet, and ringing the big bell by the door. You could be shipped back to whatever rank you had prior to attempting to become a SEAL. Your instructors made it clear that there was no shame in quitting they tell the men from the beginning that two-thirds will quit before it's over. And it isn't over until hell week is over. I feel a preach about to come up yeah. on this house right now. It ain't over till hell week is over. Hell week is legendary in Bud's training. It starts about five weeks into the program. Late one Sunday afternoon, one Sunday afternoon and ends on Friday. Those who make it through are so beat down, wore out, sleep deprived, and totally exhausted. By the time it ends, some don't even know what day of the week it is. It starts with casual clothes, stacks of pizza and movies, and then it breaks out. Rapid gunfire from all sides. Whistles blowing, doors crashing down, high-pressure water jets, explosions, total chaos. Without time to think, the men are under one long surprise attack intended to simulate the Normandy beaches that continue all week long. 
They are worked around the clock. Intense calisthenics, training drills, water drills, and worse. They are in and out of 60-degree water, sometimes staying as long as 15 to 20 minutes, nearly long enough for hypothermia to set in, but not quit. Of some of the men who quit during Hell Week, Latrell noticed they had allowed themselves to live in dread of the pain and anguish to come. Their commanding officer had warned the men to focus on completing each task as it came and live for that day. Don't worry about tomorrow. Live for today. Those who did not heed his words gave up. Those who took the advice of their leader who had been through all this before, who fixed their minds on completing the task at hand, continued on another day. And then I could not help. As I read these accounts and I read these stories, uh, I could not help. But the wise writer of Hebrews would say, uh, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, uh, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us or ensnares us. Uh, let us run. Somebody say, let us run. With endurance, the race that is set before us, uh, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand on the throne. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You gotta, re you, you, you gotta remove the quit option if you're gonna make it. I said, you gotta, you, you, we're, we're worried about what's gonna happen next week. Uh, oh, what if I get COVID 19? What if I, what if I get cancer? What if I do this? What if, and God said, I've called you to run this race uh, with patience. Uh, just remove the option to quit. Remove the quit option and you'll make it, Brother Dodd. Uh, we've been in this thing too long to keep quit in our mind and quitting in our thinking. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I believe it was the Goodman said, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. I gotta make it to heaven somehow. Though the devil tempts me and he tries to turn me around. He's offered everything that's got a name, all the wealth I'd want and worldly fame. Well, if I could, I still wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. That's got to be the spirit that would rise up in this last day church. I'm removing the quit option. Hallelujah. Whew. Thank you, Brother Doc. I didn't get in to get out. Somebody needs to hear that right there in the hole. I didn't get in this thing to get out. I started this race to finish it. These Navy SEALs or SEALs in preparation had been trained for weeks physically and mentally to endure. They were taught how to take care of their bodies so that when the heat was really on, their bodies could take care of them. I believe... If we as the body of Christ, if we are taking care of ourselves, not on just Sundays, not just on Wednesday nights, but if we're taking care of our bodies, uh, when, when all hell breaks loose, our bodies will take care of us. 
I believe that's a, I, I believe that's the Holy Ghost trying to tell us that we've got to do we've got to do some self inventory and understand what we've been through. The testimonies we have could it be the testimony you have is what's going to keep you going. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. I like this when I, what Hell Week was designed to do wasn't necessarily to break down the body. But break down the mind. You just think the devil wants to break down your body. No, he wants to break down your mind. It ain't, it ain't got nothing to do with the physical body, really. It's all about right here between your, right here, right here between your eyes. The real battle is one in the mind, Luttrell said. It's won by guys who understand their areas of weakness, who sit and think about it and plotting and planning to improve, attending to the detail, work on their weakness and overcome them because they can. And I'm going to help somebody. I feel like this one line that I feel like somebody's going to receive the strength. God isn't as interested in our strengths as he is interested in our weaknesses. We put too much emphasis on our strengths when God's saying, I'm more interested in your weakness. Because it's in our weakness that his strength is made perfect. His strength is made perfect. I said, his, not ours. See, I look at some of you, and I don't know how you made it through what you've made it through. I don't know how you survived what you've been through. But that's where God's strength and glory is revealed. When I look at your life, and I look at your testimonies, when you could have quit, and, and if from a bystander, you should have quit. But you're still here. You're still on the firing line. You've still got your faith. You've still got your sanity. You removed the quit option a long time ago. Woo. I'm still here. I remember Brother Jeff Arnold would say that every now and then. In a, in a, I'm still here. So many times we're busy trying to hide our weaknesses. But when we learn to bring those things to the front, he, he, will teach us how to overcome those things in his strength. Latrell saw many men leave the program. But the ones who left during hell week left a greater impression. One drill had them doing flutter kicks with their heads and shoulders in the ocean. Even though they had done them before that day, it was the trigger for two more men to quit. During the hell week, the instructors would ask the men if they were sure, giving them another chance before they rang the bell. One of the men wavered but chose to quit that day. Latrell said, and I quote, I later learned that when a man quits and is given another chance and takes it, never makes it through. All the instructors know. If the thought of drop on request enters a man's head, he is not a Navy SEAL. God. If the thought 
and you act upon that thought and you quit and you're given another chance, you still, you never make it through. That's so powerful when I thought about it. If the thought of dropping on request of quitting enters your mind, you're not a Navy SEAL. And I thought about so many times. How many times could things have been prevented if understanding, if the thought of leaving or leaving, it played out. And now we're living lives that we have today because somewhere along the line, we quit. I ask this great church and I ask you as individuals, are you someone with a quit option? Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. I don't care what it is. In this life, if the quit option, if the option to quit, hear me on the Holy Ghost, and if the option to quit and give up is available, once you decide that it's an option, you will take that option when circumstances get tough enough. Tough times are going to come, Brother Jones. Disappointments are going to come. Offenses will come. You're going to get hurt. Things are going to take place in your life that you don't agree or don't understand with. But as long as there's a quit option still alive right here, you will exercise that quit option. But when you remove the quit option, when you take that out of your spirit and say, there ain't a devil in hell that can run me away from where God has planted me, placed me, where he's called me, there is no option to quit. There's no quit. you got to remove the quit option. We've got to understand on this Wednesday night that we're in a battle and our enemy is going to throw everything he can to discourage us, to break us down, to get us to quit pursuing the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So where, Pastor, where does the battle must, where do I win the battle first? Right here. Just like many who quit, Many who quit the the Navy SEAL program. Latrell would say they blamed their decision to quit on the torturous training. On the cold water. The unfair treatment. We need to understand that the battle is not about what we're facing. The battle is not with your family or your marriage or your finances or an illness. The battle must be won first in your thinking. And something my pastor put in, you've heard me say it, Pastor Shear put this in me a long time ago. It's still, it'll probably be a life lesson that I'll never forget. When he said these words, he looked at me and he said, son, don't you ever forget the issue is never the issue. There's always a root to the fruit. The issue is never the issue. The battles that we face are not necessarily in the physical realm. It's in the thinking realm. 
If we can get our thoughts aligned, if we can get our thoughts unscrambled, and the devil understands that, the devil desires to break down your thought process, your thinking process. He wants to break you down mentally to cause you to give up and quit and say, I can't take it anymore. When you feel like you can't take it anymore, I wish I had a big bell up here. You ring the bell. You ring the bell. And you quit. You walk out on God. I'm going to ring the bell and I'm going to go back to to what I used to be. I'm going to go back to some old addictions. I'm going to go back to an old life. You you, You know how you get there? You get to this point when you believe. You have no more energy to fight and no more ability to overcome. But I just come to remind somebody, I know this is a Wednesday night Bible study, but I'm here on a Wednesday on Passion Week to remind you what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. We need to resurrect that prayer in our daily lives. It may not go like I want it to go. I may not be removed from the things that I'm desiring him to remove me from. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. But I will not quit. I am more than a conqueror. I said I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. The only way I'll be more than a conqueror is I remove the quit option. The only way that I'll be victorious and walk in a realm of victory is when I say to myself, I will not quit. Hebrews 10, 35 through 36, trying to come to a close. I love the way this, cast not away your confidence. (laughs) Brother Smith, cast not away thy confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of endurance. That's in another translation. For ye have need of patience. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants God give me patience. For ye have need of endurance. So that after you have done the will of God. You may receive the promise. I'm preaching to some people right now. You're in the will of God. And it seems like the promises are on pause. Or even delay. But God said what you need is a little endurance tonight. In the middle of Passion Week. In the middle of Holy Week. In the middle on our way to the the resurrection. We need to pause and say. I'm not casting away my confidence. What do you mean? I've seen God do too many things. Too many times. I've seen him provide. When it's there was no way I've got confidence in God and he will not fail me don't cast your confidence away sir don't cast your confidence away ma'am you hang on what you need is endurance you need patience you need to say God strengthen me the journey is too great but you're greater I will receive my promise Just like those enrolled in the SEAL team training who had to endure the grueling physical and mental strain in order to receive SEAL status. We need to endure the battles and overcome so that we can receive the promises of God. Verse 39. 
But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. We ain't being drawn backwards into what we've come out of. We are not drawn back. We do not draw back. We go forward. We press toward the mark. I love this scripture from this aspect. So many start out really on fire for God and strong. They start out on fire for God, but somewhere along the way, they enter their own personal hell week. Trouble starts breaking out on every front. That's when they start looking for the bell to ring because they never got rid of that option before they started. You got to remove the quit option before you ever start. I got in this. Well, if it don't work out, if God don't answer every prayer like I think he ought to answer it, I'm out of here. I'm out. I thought God was going to do it this way. I thought God was going to answer this. I thought this, and I, well, God didn't meet my expectations. And we walk out on God, and we forget the promise. We forget and we, our endurance. We forget our confidence in God, and we get offended at God. And we quit. It doesn't matter how strong you started. Quitting is always an option. I'm coming to a quick close. I don't care what the enemy throws at me. I've made up my mind. I'm not turning back. I am not one of those who draw back. And I don't believe that the people I'm preaching to in this building and on the Facebook Live have that in their spirit. There is no option of quitting. There is no retreat. I've had prayers answered. I've had prayers go unanswered. I've had miracles happen. And I've had to endure huge disappointments I've had high mountains where God gave me things and amazed me in awesome ways but I've had the lowest of the valleys where I felt God forsaken I cried all night long but I am not in this for what I can get out of him I'm not in this to see how much I can get out of him We're in this for all we can get out of Him. But if I look at Christ, stand to your feet all over this place. When I look at Christ, when I look at what He did, He loved me first. He gave Himself for me first. No quit option. He didn't wait, Brother Guzman, till we got it all together and then died for us. While we were yet sinners, he died for me. While we were yet sinners, he died for me. When we were lost, when we were undone, when we were just in the thought process of God, he saw not who we were, but he saw what we might be. And I will recognize my weakness and trust in his strength. He will give me mercy and grace to endure. If we can come boldly before the throne, we can obtain mercy. The old song says, when I was on the cross, or when he was on the cross, I was on. His mind. 
when he would have come down. He couldn't because we held him there. Our sin held him there. He held. Our sins would hold him to the cross because he had to pay the penalty for all mankind. I prayed this afternoon as I studied, as I prayed, Lord, help me deliver. If the Lord never answers another prayer, I will not ever ring the bell. The bell to quit. And then I couldn't help but say, like Job, though he slayed me, yet I'll trust him. Job, you know what, Brother Guzman? Sister Linda, he, Job threw away the quit option. Why don't you just curse God and die? You speak like a foolish woman. God's been too good to me. I know what God's capable of. I know what he can do. I know if I live long enough, if God chooses to, he can give me double for my trouble. He can give me bigger barns than I used to. He can give me more cattle and more camels. I just refuse to quit. Well, come on, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What up, King Nebi? Nebuchadnezzar, you better learn something about us. We're not going to bend or bow. Play the music louder. Get it more intense. But, but let me just go on and tell you, King Nebuchadnezzar, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Those three men gave us all an example. They maintained their confidence in God's ability to deliver them. And even more, they eliminated the quit option that if God didn't do what they thought he should do, they would still never bend nor bow. Even if God didn't choose to deliver them, they would still not bow to the idol that was prepared. Oh, could that happen in amongst us? Could that happen in 2021? There would be a rise. There would be a rise of confidence. There would be a rise of faith. There would be a rise in our spirit that says, I will not I will not quit, Brother John. I will not quit, Sister Jack. I will not quit, Sister Paula. Brother Jones, I ain't quitting. Brother Sparks, I ain't quitting. Brother Paul, I ain't quitting. Sister Smith, I ain't quitting. I ain't about to quit. I done come too far. I done come too far, Brother Jones. I done seen God do too many things to quit. And you have too. God's been so good to us. I said, God's been so good to us. Yes. Why don't we do something we don't do often? You feel comfortable? Why don't you just come to the front? I just feel like we, it, we're in the middle of Passion Week. I said this. And you feel free. Nobody's going to just feel free to step to the front. I just feel a thanksgiving coming out of the heart of every, every heart. Mm. 
I know it's just a few of us here. But I'm telling you, we're like a mighty army standing in this room right now. I said, we're like a mighty army standing in this room right now. You may not pray for yourself right now, but maybe you can, the Lord will put, somebody's in, your, put somebody in your spirit tonight. Maybe you'll think of somebody. Maybe you'll think of somebody you haven't seen in a long time. That they're going to walk in this house on Sunday. And you're going to walk in here with, and you're going to see the report of the Lord revealed. What I want you to do is just lift up your voice and lift up your hands. God, I thank you for what you did on Calvary. I thank you for enduring that grueling, that grueling experience. In the garden of Gethsemane. Where you prayed until great drops of blood. Come forth out of your body. What you were doing were eliminating the option to quit. You were eliminating the option. That in just a few hours you would endure the pain and agony. From a whipping post. You would endure a spear that would be thrust into your side. Where blood and water would gush forth. And you would pay the price with your own blood. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. It was nothing but the blood. It was nothing but the blood. But you endured the pain. You endured the shame. You endured the handwriting of ordinances that were against us. You removed them. You removed them paying the price. While your disciples quit. While your disciples could not tarry with you and pray. While they would fall asleep in weariness. You were worried. While they were worried. You were focused. You were focused. Not my will. But thy will. You were focused on removing the quit option. God I pray in this Wednesday night service. That there would be something that would rise. There would be something transpire. There would be something between now and Sunday. That we would walk in victory. We would walk in hope. And we would walk, God, in an assurance and confidence. He that endures to the end. The same shall be saved. Don't cast away your confidence. Don't cast it. We're too close to the end, church. I said we're too close to the rapture. We're too close to the, to the signs and the times coming to pass. You don't have to look around much to understand how close we are. I want to invite you again. And in-